Yeah. Tom, who would win? Mega Man or Beck? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'd be tempted to say Beck. You know, he's got a devil's haircut. Yeah, he's got two turntables and a microphone. He could do some serious damage with them. But his attitude stinks a little, you know. I meant the new protagonist of Mighty Number no. 9. Oh, yeah. Not the man with the nonchalant any vibes. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, with lyrics like, I'm a loser, baby. Why don't you kill me? He's not going to get very far in a video game. Unless he's got a lot of extra lives. Continue. Top Matt Attack. <laughs> Hello again. Something really exciting there. Did I really? Mighty number nine. Mighty number nine. Mr. Inefune. Yes. That the, man the I can't great, pronounce the, the name of. The creator of Mega Man, who's been responsible for such fantastic titles as Dead Rising. As well as the plethora of great Mega Man games. Yeah. Mega Man Legends. Been Mega ca- Man Battle Network. Mega Man X. Yeah. Well, me- maybe. A very cool fact earlier. Oh. Do you know the Mega Man X games? Y Zero is so damned cool in comparison to X. Okay. It's because he was supposed to be the main character. Of... That's why he's of Mega Man X. Oh, right, okay. He said that he wanted to make Mega Man X and completely throw everyone a curveball and then not have Mega Man be the star of it. But then Capcom's marketing department got really arsy with him and then he had to include Mega Man. Oh. And that's why Zero is so much I cooler. get so confused in the world of Mega Man. Right. But we'll touch on that in the show. Uh, welcome to another episode of Tom and Matt Attack. Uh, this one's actually being recorded slightly earlier than our usual shows. It's uh, only, what, it's two Tuesday. days? It's Tuesday. It's been days. two days since we recorded the last one. <laughs> it's also slightly later than when we usually record. It's almost 10pm. Me and Thomas... Despite are... saying, you know, last hour, we'll not do this again, record it so late. Yeah. Um, we... Life is, you know, gets in the way of these things. It's forever moving. Well, it is like a river. We are dedicated to the We are cause. like salmon swimming With... upstream against that river called life. Now, now, Matt, we've done 21 weeks of this, so we never made a point of our 20th episode at all. We didn't. But we probably should have done. We probably should have, yeah. Because that's good going, you know. What 21 we weeks without a, a break in the show. Yeah, I mean, this week's um, no exception Yeah, either. no exception. We're, we're doing this. On a different day, because Matt's uh, travelling to China. I will be in work. China. I will be so. hunting down retro mm. gems. I can't wait. I so want a Famicom think, and a Virtual Boy. Think of the show coming back we can do. Gaming think of pickles. the disappointment if I don't find anything. Oh. Well, I love loads of cool toys anyway. I'm going to get a load of Mega Man paraphernalia regardless. Yeah? Yeah. Bringing it right back round to... I'm bringing it back round. Mega Man, and that's... Uh, we're going to talk about some of the week's biggest news. Obviously... We've not been a lot of time to play video games this week. So it's been a whole two days, as we mentioned. <laughs> well, there are a few things we can talk about uh, in regards to what games we've played. But going back, it, it, the big news is uh, it's about uh, Mighty Number no. 9. Mighty Number no. 9. Looks mighty fine. Looks mighty fine. Admittedly, what we've seen so far are just kind of concept sketches. Yeah, so this is a Kickstarter Inafune-san, I'm going to say that because yes. it sounds cool, is, uh, trying to, is doing a Kickstarter because he really wants to push forward with this uh, 2D platforming thing. 
yeah, well, he's pretty he's, good at. He started. Um, <laughs> oh, I've forgotten the name of the company. Damn it. Com. Oh, I've got my phone to hand. His, 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 his I... company, yes, yes, I know. It's mentioned in the video. And, and for those who haven't looked that up now, uh, check it out. Uh, search for Mike Number Nine Kickstarter. You'll see exactly what he's trying to get off the ground, and it's it. You know, his heritage is a. Uh, is really something. He is one of. You're the, a Mega Man fan. I am a massive Mega Man fan. And and well, Mega Man's not going to be the star of this game. It looks to be very much in the same vein. As uh, to be honest fans. with you, I'm very excited that it's not Mega Man. Yeah. Controversial, I know, but I I'm very happy that it's not because, as fans will tell you, played nine and ten. Uh, there's a very stiff formula now of what people think makes a Mega Man game where it needs to be notoriously difficult and you have to have this almost reflex memory yeah. reflex to get through a level of Mega Standard Man where you have to learn the stages. And worse enemy by now. It is, it? it is. As I said on the show before, it's like sadist gaming. And actually, I purchased Mega Man 2 last night on the Nintendo eShop on the 3DS. I've purchased 1, 2, and 3 for my trip to okay. China. So, Mega Man 2, I thought, well, you know, it's, it was quite late at night, you know. I'll just have a quick go on this. And How Jesus, did that work out for you? Jesus Christ. You question why they have to make them so infuriatingly hard. But you do get a real sense of achievement. But it's not an easy game to progress in. It does take a lot of replaying over and over again and working out patterns. You've got to get the pattern. Formulas. Um... Oh, I can't remember Mega Man ones. I know it starts with um, Bomb Man, then Gut Man. I right. can't remember where it goes Last from there. Last night I had to go with Wood Woodman. I was. I can't remember the Mega Woodman Man level twos. and uh, what else? I tried the uh, Heat Man. Yeah. Uh, and and in Heat Man's level, you, you know, you got past the initial bit, and then you had these big uh, like dogs who spit fire at you. Yeah. And they're very difficult to dodge. It's and all. To shoot. It's I mean, all this about perfect Mega timing, man. So. Like. You need to throw out everything you've ever learned about platforming games. Apart like, from Ghosts and Goblins. I, I, I can yeah, see Ghosts and true. Goblins as being a very close relation. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if um, it's all a... had anything to do with Ghosts and Goblins because it's the same uh... degree of punishment, but then the same degree of um, I achievement. Think, I think that's just Capcom of the age. Yeah. I think Capcom was such a solid games maker. Like Trojan's exactly the same. I know you haven't played it. Mm. I need to bring it back, but Trojan's the same. It's very, it's all about the gain of you managed to advance a screen on from where you were last time. Mm. And yeah, it's a damned hard game, but like it's so worth it. And like the character design is just unrivaled by only the great Mario, in my opinion. Like, it's his Mega Man himself and the cohort of uh, even just villains. He even just takes. the sprites in the levels, yeah. you know, it's, it's great. Yeah. Uh, but even like sub characters, like Proto Man and Roll and uh, just everything. I I love Mega Man, and that's why I got super super excited about Mighty Number no. Nine. Um, I had to kickstart it yeah, straight you away. Donated someone. I I was. I was in two minds yesterday when it was still trying to reach its goal, which is now surpassed by almost half a million, I think. So is there a, is there a new goal now to get this? Because initially it was going to be a PC game, but now to well, get yeah, it on you consoles, see, they're going to have to raise a bit more money. They have, like, um, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, oh, 
they have like goals beyond their pledge amount. Yeah. Like the pledge amount says that they will make this game if they got, I think it was like $900,000. If they got $900,000, they would make this game. Mm. If they got... That's a lot of money as well. Yeah. So it that you can see how people are so passionate. I just saw people like Facebook comments, because obviously I, I'm a big Mega Man fan, so I've supported things like the 100,000 signature petition on Facebook to get Mega Man Legends 3 actually released because they got quite far in its development for the mm. 3DS and other things of that ilk. Um, it was the last game he was working on before he was at Capcom and then he said, he okay, flat. they cancelled yeah. it and that was the final straw for him because he was too tired of disappointing fans, which he said in the Kickstarter video. But... Um, I've just seen people on there just being like, I pledged $100. It's all I had. I wanted to give more, mm. but I didn't. Uh, that's all I could afford to give. Mm. And like, do you ever see that? Do you ever see people just being like, on the strength of something they love so much, just being like, here is, this is physically how much money I give. I can give you. Not that I want, like, not that, oh yeah, $100, cool. I get a nice digital art book. I get a cool case as if it was a nice case mm. people are just saying like this is all the money yeah. i have and take it i believe in you that much it goes to show how passionate people can be about video games That's yeah really a testament to video games what they are and, and what the kind of joy that they bring people you know people they're passionate about these things yeah definitely um and I mean, we, we talked about it. this briefly before you've never backed anything on kickstarter right no no never never uh, I, I would have actually, I found out late that Doug to Naples, creator of Earthworm Jim, had a, an art book yeah. that he'd put together and was doing on Kickstarter. Um, but he's, he kind of, he ran out of yeah. books and they all went after they, after it was kickstarted. Yeah. And I would have totally backed that. I would have backed that. Too. I would have been on that. If I'd known about it, I didn't know anything about it. So maybe I need to keep my radar out. I keep my radar open on Kickstarter yeah. and it still stuff manages to just whiz past. Like, especially on the weekends. If you anything only get a certain amount on, of time as well, don't you? To, usually it's like a month. Usually yeah. it's pretty good depending on the scale of the project. Like, I've backed now, I've backed both the Double Fine games, uh, the Point and Click Adventure by Tim Schafer and uh, Massive Chalice. I actually, to be honest, I now I'm realizing I've actually backed Massive Challenge. I think more than this, hmm. because there was a a pledge goal on Massive Challenge where if you pledged, I think it was like eighty dollars. Hmm. Not only did you get a physical copy of the game, but you got your name, like your family oh, sure, name, yeah. would be included in the game. I was like, I'll have my the game, yeah. go for it, and like it's in the credits of the Mighty Number no. Nine. Now will be in like the backers credits kind of thing at the end. But like I, I pledged sixty. I actually technically I pledged seventy five for postage as well. But I'm gonna get a NES style box with instructions and the game on a disc, and that just seemed You're definitely awesome. gonna get that now. Yeah, and an it. art book too. I think. Yeah. And that just seemed amazing. That's I was nice. just like, yeah. This is a PC copy. It is a PC yeah. copy at the moment, but I'll. Um, can you play that? I'll play it on PC. How can you play? I can play it on. The, I'm gonna get a PC. Soon. Oh, you're gonna get. A PC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But like um, one of the pledge goals, the next one after, because they were, the one they've done now is like eight bosses and eight stages, like classic Mega Man is going to mm. be. But the next pledge goal is Linux and Mac support. So I'll be able to play it on Mac anyway. Um, like, much like Massive Chalice and 
Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the other Double Fine game. Tim Schafer's one that is now notorious because they needed more money. Mm. Um, whatever that is, that is going to have max support as well. Mm. So I can play all of these games. But I'm going to get a PC soon, I think. Yeah. I need to. It's just so difficult, isn't it, to, to, to raise your kind of crazy amounts of money that developers need to get their games out there, especially on consoles. I remember um, Schoolgirls, you know, when they were kickstarting the, uh, the add-on characters, characters yeah. you know, and the amount of money they needed, some people were quite surprised at how much, you know, they were asking for, for, for something like new characters yeah. and such. But that I think that even exceeded its goal. And they went on to add more. It did. And, and then the fan community got very bitter that their character wasn't chosen. Like, they'd got the characters they paid for, mm. but they had this whole pledge goal thing where if they hit a certain amount over their target, they said, okay, this is what we will do with this money. Mm. And they got the fan community to vote for extra characters because they earned enough to make four extra characters. Yeah. And they said, the first one will be this character. Mm-hmm. And then the second one will be one you vote for. And then people were assholes and pulled their money when the character they voted for didn't get really and they were like well we've given you what you paid for this is something extra and you're still being a dick about it yeah that's messy it does and then there was a big thing with paypal not wanting to pay the company who developed skullgirls and lots of rigmarole i think they changed the kickstarter rules so i think i don't think there's a way if it hits its pledge goal for you to remove your funding now so I think right. if anything like this happened again, I don't think it could happen. But yeah, that's the way it goes. But like you hear loads of nightmare stories and you hear lots of things like um, where the UER, for example, I backed the UER back in the day and got it for the, the first thousand one and got it for $75, which is still unplayed. I need to set up when I come home from China. Um, but like people didn't get their consoles like, the later backers didn't get the consoles when mm. they were in retail shops. They still hadn't received their own consoles. And a lot of games that just mysteriously disappear off the face of the earth um, because there's no guarantee that you will get the product at the end of Kickstarter. Really? That's not part of the contract. You are putting your money down on faith. And that is why sometimes you see indies and you're like, okay, I could do this. And you look at their past and look what they've done. But then you get, uh, there's a, game i think at the moment called code hero which is essentially going to be like a guitar hero style game in that you would code and it would be teaching you how to code video games while you were playing a video game oh wow that's pretty far out sounded like a pretty cool concept but uh, from what i understand i think the kickstarter was in trouble or the guy who was making it didn't have enough money or something happened with it but like that's just one off the top of my head where like things have gone right but there's been a lot worse where like people have funded a whole game and then the, the company's just like folded and gone, mm. oh yeah, sorry, we couldn't make it for this much and just taking their money, which is horrible. Oof. So you you need to be weary about what you're back in, but I believe in it as a format. Like I'm not sure it drives quality, like the, the Tim Schafer thing still kind of left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth where it's just been like, they're not creating the game that they set out to create now because they had all this crazy budget to work with they didn't think they'd have. And as such, now require more money. And I'm just like, well, I've already paid you more yeah. than I would pay for a retail game, so why should I give you more money for something you haven't even shown me anything of yet? Yeah. You know, it's a bit crazy, but it, it's worth the risk. Like, I've got an OER. Like, that arrived. That was my first foray in it. And then when that arrived, it was like, okay, the first this is safe to do. It's just still sitting there, unopened. Yeah, but, you know, what can you do? <laughs> At least I got something out of it, which is a lot 
more than some people who back Kickstarter projects and say, so I, I'm happy I have something physical. Yeah. But yeah, um, Mighty Number no. 9, though, looks exceptionally good. If it's true to Mega Man, and, but it changes things up, it brings some new dynamics to the platforming Just have a look genre. at some of the concept art they've got up there on the page. The concept art is beautiful. Um, I love the character design, like I said, of Mega Man and... Even the video is is a good watch because you can see that this this team that has been assembled uh, are really hard at work in getting these ideas off the ground and it's it's very promising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read the article as well um, off uh, from Pax where he was talking about it before he launched Kickstarter because uh, I can't pronounce his name and I'm not going to insult a man I care a lot about by trying to insult his name. You can uh, anytime I point you say his name. Well, uh, in the Fune, I think. Yeah. Inafune? Inafune. Inafune. Ke- is it Kenji? Kenji Inafune, yeah. Is it Kenji? I think it's Kenji. Well, I hope it's Kenji. I'm pretty sure it's Kenji. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah, he said that they made Mega Man 2 um, with six people in their mm. spare time because they believed that much in Mega Man. Yeah. So Capcom's always kind of had it in for Mega Man, and that's why I don't think they've said anything to this project because they're not very kind to the Blue Bomber. Bless his little heart. There'll probably be more Mega Man. I mean, I'd if, imagine they if will. Smash Bros. is anything to go by, its inclusion in the new game. <sighs> like, I, I really Mega w- Man 11 is probably on the horizon. I don't know. I really wanted to do a, a comic with our friend Austin. I tried to convince him to do a web comic that I wanted to post on our site. Oh, yeah. And to me, that is just kind of like Nintendo being a small, like, I uh, just had this idea of like Capcom being this hipster guy walking away and Nintendo just kind of being like a, t- a child playing with its old toys that are a bit battered and broken and in that Toy Story moment of like it looking up at Capcom which is trying to be this cool thing and then just being like oh, fine you can have him and like throwing their Mega Man toy at him as in like okay take it we don't need it anymore kind of thing because yeah. it seemed a bit like an act of desperation but like for me Mega Man defines the NES it's my childhood, I had Mario, I had Mega Man. Yeah. But I can imagine that. I can't imagine, like, kids really taking to Mega Man because of the difficulty of it. Yeah, well, it's not there for kids, is it? Let's be honest. Like, yeah. he's just... He's... Because I imagine, if I had Mega Man as a kid... I had it, I loved it. I think maybe when you're a kid, you have less to go off, don't you? You have, you have less games. And, and maybe if, if Mega Man's one of the few games you own, you will just go at that because that's all you've got. You also need to bear in mind, you'll get obviously, games were very hard. Yeah. There was no, like, I completely bubble bobble when I was a kid. And, like, I've tried to do it again. Just that end boss is just there yeah. to sap money out of you because it's an arcade game and games designers didn't quite realise that, hey, this is a home console, it should be fun. Yes. Uh, but no, I I stuck with it. I completed Mega Man three when I was a kid with my brother. Like between me and my brother, we completed. And that's Mega great. Man 3. Isn't it? I love that when you work together with a friend and try and complete a game. I've done that a few times with my friend uh, Carl. We used to play Rise Star and go up to the final boss. Yeah. And it's being with someone else who's enthusiastic about it as you are to just get to the end me and, and see Dan the end of the game with Aladdin. Yeah. It. It's really something. It's a great way to play video games. I thought you'd recommend it for those games um, of of the older generation where you can't save and such. You just sit with a friend and try and complete it. It's old school it's, rules, yeah. man. One life or one level. One yeah. on, one off. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. You're all shooting for the same goal. It's fantastic. Definitely. 
But yeah, um, so what else have you been playing then? What else, or is there yeah, any Yeah, we can news? do a we can do a quick uh, playing ball. I actually have bought and played a few titles since our last podcast. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, the first one I bought was Mega Man 2. Yeah. Uh, on the 3DS eShop. I was actually on there just browsing. Uh, I think it was probably something about Mighty Number no. 9 that inspired me to return to Mega Man. Previously, I've played Mega Man 3. I downloaded that on the Wii. Yeah. Um, we have it in our nice library. Yes. Both two and yeah. three. I haven't got one anymore. I don't know what happened to it. Uh, and then while I was on there, I also saw that Ninja Gaiden 2 is now available. Oh, on really? the eShop. And that's been a game that I used to play on emulators. Uh, but and I never had a copy of because it was quite hard to track down and quite expensive. I remember being easy to get a, an Australian copy of it. Yeah. Rather than a European one. Uh, and I never got in the end. It was just too expensive and, and they, they were hard to come by. Why didn't you just buy the Ninja Gaiden trilogy on the Super Nintendo? Oh, that just must be that's, so much more affordable. Oh, that's so cheap. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, rather than get that for Ninja Gaiden 3, or uh, I got uh, the Lynx version of Ninja Gaiden 3. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I now own all three of them. Uh, Shadow Warriors or yeah. Ninja Gaiden on the NES. Uh, Ninja Gaiden 2 on the... 3DS and uh, Ninja Gaiden 3 on the links. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so finally I have them all. Um, I think actually the trilogy isn't unlockable on Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox. Really? That's interesting. I'm pretty sure. You have to complete the game to get it, which is no easy task. And it's... Oh, I really need to play the Ninja Gaiden games. It's yeah. Still a... They're a great challenge as well. Yeah. Of course, uh, I've I've played the, the NES one. I It's one of my favourite yeah. childhood games. I didn't even realise it was... Ninja Gaiden until you've told me when I moved here because I've always known as it Shadow, Shadow Warrior. Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the second one was great. It, it's maybe my favorite in the series. I've played the first three, and obviously the later incarnations. Yeah. but you can't judge them against the old ones because they're very different. Of course not. Um, so that one, yeah, really happy to have that now. And what else have I picked up this week? Xbox uh, sale and the summer sale today. I picked up Perfect Dark. The original, after yes. having played Zero. Uh, How does it compare? On the last. Oh, it's much better. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if... It's, it's almost as if no- it was made st- by competent game makers. It's not just nostalgia. Uh, I don't know. It's, the atmosphere is a lot better. The, the, the whole mechanic, the whole way it plays, the shooting, everything. And actually, this HD port of it is very... Uh, capable and uh, yeah, it did look nice it looks very nice some I of the rendering was a bit weird huh some of the rendering was a bit weird i thought the well like you'd look out a window and then there'd be nothing there and then like a second later then it would render yeah, all the scenery but the game isn't it? yeah weird things happen though because um this is probably present in the n64 version as well on i think it's the second level uh where you're escorting dr carol through the uh, data dying institute and in the basement, if you go, because it's quite, there's a, there's a, to get to the end of the level, you have to go through a secret door, which yeah. is not apparent because it's part of the, the wall, just like any other wall. Yeah. Um, so when I was trying to find the way out the level, I went back down to the basement and into another room where all the characters from the end cutscene were waiting. They, they're just standing there, the character models do, in a dark room. And you can shoot them and stuff, but they don't do anything. And I remember, really? I think I remember this from the N64 version. It was still there. You know, in the bottom level where you have to use night vision. Yeah. There's a room in there which contains uh, Mr. Blonde, who 
obviously the villain behind it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who you see in the cutscene at the end of that level, he's standing there along with, uh, is it Cassandra? Is it Cassandra? I don't know. The, yeah, the, I think the her name's Cassandra. Female villain. And some of the bodyguards as well that you shoot at the end of the yeah. level. They're all just standing there, waiting to appear yeah. later on in the cutscene. God. Very weird. And also, if you go outside the Data Dine building and you walk down the street, if you keep walking, you just die. You just fall off yeah. into nothingness. And so <laughs> I thought that maybe they would have fixed some of these with a, a port for the Xbox. It's almost as if the people who ported it to the Xbox aren't the original Rare and then didn't want to Actually, I noticed it. it was there was another company's name on the... Uh, it would and be an obvious HD port. Yeah. Uh, but still, very playable. Great game. And I swear I saw Peter Molyneux in, in a couple of the yeah, scenes. That was definitely kind of looks it's like they be Peter Molyneux. Included his uh, likeness in the yeah, game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so big thumbs up, Perfect Dark. It's, a, it's I think it's 350 or something like that. I think so, yeah. yeah. Now that we've gone to regular prices, yeah. these are. Which th- are quite like. You know three pounds at. and fifty pence, not three hundred fifty Microsoft points. Yeah, which is uh, about the same price anyway. I also picked up Quarrel because it's I, good. It's a good game. I've played it before. Yeah, uh, it was one pound eighty p for the Xbox version, so yeah. I, I went for that. That's good. Yeah, uh, I haven't had a chance to play that yet. A game I did play very briefly the other day, which I received this week, was Killer Is Dead. Yeah, the fan edition, the presumptuous fan edition. fan edition. Yeah, that's quite nice. I wouldn't. I mean, I paid forty pounds for it. Yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to pay fifty. Yeah, it's nice to have the soundtrack because I actually went out my way and bought the soundtrack for Shadow of the Damned. Yeah, as well. Another obviously, those in the know, Suda Fifty One game. Um, Who's Suda Fifty One? Ah, we covered it. Um, but the, the the soundtrack is I forget his name, but he was composed to Silent Hill as well. Okay. He's, he's very good, so uh, it's nice to have the music on CD. The art book's a lot better than I was expecting, because I've seen it in some unboxing video, and it, it looked, looked very flimsy. flimsy There's a little bit more to it than it's... It's quite a lot of nice artwork in there, so that was all right. The papercraft thing, I'm not sold on. I, I kind of see it's kind of cheap. I know the appeal of papercraft, it can look very nice. Yeah. But, yeah. Is it on, like, a decent card no, stock, or no, is it on, like... on a flimsy piece of... Paper. Uh, okay. It's, it's 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 shiny paper at least. Great, because that folds very well. It doesn't yeah. leave creases. No, it, it's creased as well. That's what I'm saying. In the box. Yeah, but like yeah. yeah. Anyway, these are little things. What we want to know about is the the game, and which you haven't played. I did play the first two missions, which were very quick. You complete them in a couple of minutes. Uh, it's very interesting in introducing you to the uh, concept of your this uh, hitman killing people, and yeah. that's pretty much all that it. Covers Are you dead? You get shot at the beginning. I don't want to spoil too much for you. The first bit is introducing you to who you are and what you do. You, this guy who's killing people. You get shot. The guy thinks he's he's won, got one up over you. But no, you're still alive and you shoot him and it's just killer. Oh, okay. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, a lot, I'm assuming, is going to be explained. Or maybe not. Probably what not. Reviews I've read. Yeah. But the actual action was nice so far, but I didn't actually get to play much. Okay. It's all set up until I think maybe the third mission. That I've, uh, it's a lot of tutorial, you know, press the square yeah. button to slice. And the actual cutting and slicing and... Uh, with your, your katana was very satisfying. 
but I haven't. I can't possibly give any kind of judgment of the game just yet. Just it's the style is very nice and it feels classy. You play it and yeah, you know you're playing a Suda Fifty One game. Yeah, and you know it's unlike anything. What else. does it feel like mechanically? Like from smooth, smooth? very smooth, very smooth control. Um, I mean, the only mechanics I know now is hold down square to do a, a big uh, slash. A slash. It's like yeah. a crescent moon slash. They call okay. it. Uh, it's a bit like um, Zelda um, and just hammer square to attack and pretty much that's it okay. so far so as I say I can't really Too early. on the game I've played it for all of uh, like we'll talk about it on minutes. the next podcast I'm sure you'll have time to play it in the yes I, I certainly will uh, yeah anything else any more for any more anymore I haven't played Perfect Dark Zero since <laughs> okay <laughs> Well, is oh, that Resident Evil? Yes, you did play a bit of Revelations after talking about it in the last week. Yeah, I, I mentioned it on the podcast, uh, so I went and played it straight away. I actually only completed the first chapter of the game. Okay, uh, I completed the second. How long have you uh, owned that? Two years? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. Yeah, year and a half. Yeah, and a half, maybe. Um, so I was surprised to find straight after the first mission, it goes back to Chris, who uh, is on some. Where's he? He's in the snowy area. Okay. He's in the snow along with uh, this girl who keeps going on to him about, oh, you had this partner called Jill, didn't you? And did you get along well? Oh. Does he stare at a picture and some music plays every time <laughs> she mentions it? And he goes, Jill, dot, dot, dot. Pretty much. He doesn't stop harping on about Jill. Um, but you're fighting wolves in this mission and uh, there's an interesting segment where... Zombie wolves? Yeah, zombie wolves. Yay! Chris hurts his leg and he's got to hop, fend off the wolves on the floor when they're all coming at you. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, it was all right. And then you get back onto the ship with uh, Jill, Jill and her mate, who I've yeah. forgotten his name. Who's got a generic Itali- um, Spanish name like Fernando yeah, something like that. or Martinez. And enjoyed that. The atmosphere is perfect. Well, you're on a ship, it feels like you're in the house of the original Resident Yeah, Evil. no, it's great. Yeah, uh, so great atmosphere in there. I really like the creatures. They're quite scary. And it, it definitely reminds you of an old Resident Evil game. You get your I weapon like. taken away from you at the start of that level. And really? all you can do is dodge the things. Oh, uh, shit. It introduces a dodge mechanic where basically if you time it right and push the stick forward, you know, you'll dodge. Yeah. Uh, I need to get that game. It's quite cheap now. Yeah. I mean, even the console versions have come down lately. But one thing I did notice about it, which I thought was strange, was when you have 3D on, everything is a lot less defined. The edges of all the characters and, and the backgrounds, they don't look as good if you... It's almost it as if it's a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> but what I had it, it on because yeah. I thought it does bring a different experience and a level of emotion well, to it. Blurry lines. <laughs> it gives you another dimension and, and it works, but you can appreciate how good the graphics are if you turn it off. Yes. No comment. I was going to make a, a one-dimension joke, but I thought better of it. Great game. Anyway, for those who haven't tried it yet uh, and were put off by Resident Evil 6. Yeah, ignore Resident Evil 6. <laughs> it didn't happen. Just play this game. Yeah, play Re- Revelations. Hopefully the series will continue along uh, that path. Yeah, that's good. Anything else? I think you? I've about covered it now. I, I know you've also played something. I have. I've played two things. Two, two things. I was going to play a third thing, but then I realised um, Splinter Cell 3D is just a 
port of the Xbox original Splinter Cell, which I've already completed. So I was like, oh, I'll give you a try tomorrow, but I'm not. It really is a port of... I believe so, yeah, yeah. From what I read in the back of the box. Last treasure from the back of the box. Maybe That's it's right. a scaled that, that, I never actually played the original Splinter Cell. Was that a Give good it, game? I enjoyed it. It's very good. It's very punishing. Like, if you get seen generally, you die. Yeah. But it forces you to think like the first Hitman games where you're thinking very cleverly and stuff and then you do things by going, yeah. hey, over here. And I remember that Hitman 2 is one of the most unique game experiences I've ever had. Yeah. And Hitman's amazing. It makes you feel clever. Yeah. Especially when you work out like the big kill, like putting the gun... The prop gun, I'm thinking of Hitman Blood Money, yeah, but it's just the first one that comes to my head where you like you replace the prop gun with the real gun and then other things happen and like it's like mouse trap. Mm. You put a, a chain of events into play that just like totally doesn't implement you and then you just walk out to the wherever you are unharmed and unscathed. It's such a good game. Mm-hmm. But no, I've played two things, like I said, I was gonna play that before the podcast but then I thought oh, I should probably pack and sort things out so I can take more time because Matt you are going to China tomorrow I am going to China tomorrow um, but the first thing I played is Etrian Odyssey 4 oh I, it's an RPG that's not, that's not a surprise yeah well it's, I thought I'd try something new <laughs> uh, you know I'm, I'm tired of all these first person shooters and platformers I thought <laughs> hey let's just explore myself into a genre I don't really know I was going to try um, fighting games but I thought no a bit too niche racing games oh I don't have a steering wheel oh Jap- Japanese role playing yeah. I, I've heard of role-playing. Ah, I like It's not Japan. just Dungeons and Dragons. No, it's not going around the woods waving a sword. It's it's a computer-based thing which uh, yeah. has statistics and you have a party and it, it acts like you're playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons on your personal computer. Oh. It's very good. Uh, yeah, Etrian C4. No surprise, I've played JRPGs. Um, it's very good. It has a heritage, doesn't it? It does have a heritage. Obviously being the fourth. <laughs> the first is the only one that was released in PAL territories. Now they're releasing the fourth, which is a 3DS game, which is one of the reasons I bought my American 3DS, which has got no use. I've played Shimagami 4 on it, and I've played a bit of Etrian Odyssey now, and I've used it today because I didn't have any battery in my PAL one, which yeah. is what I'll be taking with me to China, unfortunately, because I want to play more Shimagami, but I want Street Passes. Oh, I um, want Street Passes too. Yeah, um, so I started playing it. Uh, it's very, for those of you who don't know, the series is old school dungeon crawler, first person perspective where you run into random encounters, but you have to draw your own map on the bottom screen and that's kind of the nice thing of like old school Amiga and Apple games like wizardry and stuff where you had to really think about where you were going and draw your own map because you didn't know how you were getting around and stuff. Uh, but notoriously difficult, takes a lot, a lot of time. Like I've poured, I think about 25, 26 hours in the first one. I'm only on the third floor of a 30 floor dungeon. It's a very hard game, mm. takes a lot of effort and a lot of work. There's no characters, there's no real story either. You just, you're adventurers and you're going to the bottom of a labyrinth. You start your own guild, which I called Scrotum in the first one. Yeah, and what did you call it this time? I, I just called it um, TMA Cast this time. I was a oh. bit more mature about it because it, it's got a street pass feature. So if I pass anyone in the street, oh. my party will meet up with their party and we'll exchange ah. goods. I'm intrigued what you say about no characters. There's got to be characters, hasn't there? No, no characters. There's people in the shops and stuff you interact with. There is no... Do, st- do you not have a gang of people that you're with? You make them up. 
you create them yourself. Oh, it's, okay. it's old but they school. have a they have a, a, a physical appearance. Don't they, they have a physical appearance. They don't chat. No, there is no. Oh, good. There is no interplay <laughs> between characters. It is purely a leveling and exploring experience. It's like a JRPG without all the story taken out. Which for me, as those of you who know, I like a good story. In my JRPG wouldn't interest me, but it's just such a pure gameplay experience that. <laughs> A pure fuck you. <laughs> I'm tired. It's such a pure gameplay experience. I should start pointing out these. Things. You should. I'm playing with leads. Leave yeah. me alone. I'm like, yeah. Uh, that I just, <laughs> I like it. I really do. Um, it's taken a lot of the niggles of the first game out for me. I haven't played the second and third because they were now released in PAL territories and anytime I wanted to buy them, they were out of print, so they cost a lot of money. But they're good. Um, from what I understand. Weird thing is, can't use the circle pad, mm. like the regular circle pad. You've got to use the D-pad, which kind of irritated me a little bit. You're very I think, old school. I think you can even do that in Etrian Odyssey. Oh, let's just take one moment to talk about how uncomfortable 3DS is, actually. What, holding it in your hand for a very long time? Playing Resident Evil. I know we've mentioned this on the podcast, I think, the other week. Or we mentioned I had to wear other. a bandage on my arm from my Animal Crossing addiction. I think it's very apparent. Yeah, how lying in bed maybe is not the best way to play video games. But I, sitting I, down, standing <laughs> up. There is no good way to play the video game. But, um, yeah. I per- don't have a problem with the absence of a second stick on Resident Evil. Oh, no, I don't give a crap about that. At all. Uh I, I don't feel like I need a circle pad pro. It's just the actual... The ergonomics of the, the controller and how it's a flat back. Your thumb is not comfortable whatsoever no. using that stick. It's a bit better on the XL than your one, I think, because yeah. your hand's very cramped together yeah. on the original 3DS, which yeah. is what I didn't like about the console. But, yeah. Sorry, it's just back to what you said. The extra weight of the XL just kind of kills your wrists, yeah. especially did for me, especially when you type in and clicking with them all day as well. I'd love to feel a prolonged session with the uh, Nintendo's gaming slab of the 2DS will. Yeah, well, that will hold, yeah. I'm sure, good things, hopefully. Uh, from what I've seen on Kotaku and Polygon, seems quite nice to play with, surprisingly. Like, everyone's just like, I thought it would be a piece of shit. It's not. I'm kind of glad with that. It's one of those quirky decisions I hope pays off for Nintendo. Mm. Uh, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, people sag off the Wii U, the Wii U gamepad is one of the most comfortable controllers I've ever had in my hands. It's very well made. Uh, indeed. It sits there quite nicely. Obviously, like, not to the, the level of, say, a GameCube controller or a Super Nintendo. Even it's comfortable, GameCube controller, but not the most functional. No, exactly. Right. This is the thing. It's yeah. what they got to balance. But, you know, like, in terms of a a handheld, and that's what I'm going to call it for the sake of argument, because that's kind of what the Wii U gamepad is. It feels very nice, and it's the more ergonomic to play over long sessions. And believe me, I've played Earthbound a lot, so I know out of the 3DS, the Vita, and the Wii U, hmm. like having something in your hand you can play, that is the one you can play the longest. Anyway, side, complete Sorry, sidetrack. Yeah, Exynodice yeah, is good. Can you circle pad, which is a bit annoying. Uh, there is a... Ca- a setting for casual difficulty, which I've used this time because I'm not going to spend 175 hours to get to the bottom of the dungeon, mm. which is apparently what it takes in the first one. Mm. Um, and I'm enjoying it because I'm not having a... It's very, very hardcore if you play it originally because you've got to get your party formation right and you've got to make sure you specialise certain people in certain things so they perform certain roles within your party and it's very complicated. Mm. And you can die very, very easily in the game, and then that resets you. It saves your map, but like 
you lose a lot of gold and stuff, which is hard to come by. Bit of a pain in the ass. Casual difficulty. Just want to play it for the experience of it. Seems good. Characters you meet in the inn and stuff are good. Uh, you can save in the maps now, which you couldn't do before. You had to go all the way back out of the labyrinth and then save and oh, then go no. all the way back in the labyrinth. That was fun. Um, what else is there? There's loads of like nice little features they've put in. Uh, your squads now are a bit more balanced in the fact you don't need to... Like, there was a load of classes in the first one, like, there's a support class, which is like a bard, essentially. It was, I think it was called, like, Minstrel, which, until you mm, got further minstrels. on... Until you got further on into the game where you were, like, level 30, 40, and you unlock the elite class things, they were pretty useless. So, like, mm-hmm. you had to have, essentially, in the first one, a, a set five squad, and I didn't the first time I played it. I put a, a rune caster, which is a black mage, in... And just kept getting killed because he was too squishy. Like, one hit and he'd die. And I was like... So... But a lot of these things weren't out. Also, not just one big labyrinth anymore. There are multiple stages which are labyrinths. But there's a big world map to explore. And you fly around in an airship. And it's really cool. Obviously, the street pass thing. I'm not quite sure how it works. But if I do run into anyone with it, I'll be sure to let you know. It's released to you next month as well. So maybe I will run into people. Because I can run into a few with Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, good game. Other than that, I've played what I said I was going to play last week, and that is Radiant Historia. There will be Radiant Historia. Brief spoilers of the first hour of the game from now on. I will tell you when they stop. Uh, But if you haven't played it, it's, uh, what, seven years old, I think, at this point. So you should really get on it, because it's going to go up in value like it did before they reprinted it. Fortunately, I managed to snag a copy. For quite cheap, I think and you can get it. This is another RPG. It is by Atlas. It is by the Persona team, but a completely different idea from Persona. Essentially, the first hour of the game is you start the game and it is the end of the world. The world has ended. Mm-hmm. There's nothing but sand and dust. Not and unusual. There are, there are two characters saying, "We failed to do it again. We didn't. We didn't stop it happening again. How many oh. times have we got to go through this? Where we we put all our efforts into this, and it goes over, and it says, "Well, that's our job. That's what we. That's what we're yeah. here for. That's what we need to do. We'll we'll start again." So you play as a guy um, called Stock and or Stoker or Stocky S T O C K E. How would you pronounce that? I think it's just Stock, right? Like Locke from Final Fantasy VI. Stocker. Yeah. Maybe. I anyway, I call it... Stock A. Yeah, I'm going to refer to him as Stock until someone gets back to me and tells me it's not. Um, so you play as this guy and you're... Essentially, you're working for... There's two waging countries who are waging war because the world's kind of gone to shit and the land is dying and everything's turning to sand. And so everyone is... The two main countries that are left in this world are fighting over the land that's left because mm. obviously they need to grow crops and they need to keep their kingdoms alive and yeah, stuff. Their kingdoms of sandcastles. And you're working for one of these kingdoms and you're a secret agent, kind of. You work in the top brass. Like James Bond. Pretty much, yeah, but like medieval with a sword. <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. Um, and Now's the chance for you to use Sean Connery now. I didn't want to. I didn't want okay, to force enough. it. So you go there and you get a mission and you get this book uh, called the White Chronicle, which is just a book you carry with you, which sounds a bit racist, but it isn't. It's purely for fun. 
Because the pages are white. Yes, I, I see. So. <laughs> I don't know. It hasn't been explained why it's called the White Chronicle yet. Uh, but you get this book, and you're told to take it with you, and it might be interesting. And so you go, and you get these two people in your party, and you kind of become a bit chatty with them, and it's very story-driven for the first bit of the game. Honestly, like, I don't get into combat until, like, 20 minutes into the game. And then you go out into the world map because there's a guy who's been spying on this other army and he's coming back, but you know he's in trouble. And they've sent soldiers ahead to try and protect him, but they want you to go in and get him out quick without the army finding out. Mm. Um, So you do it and you've managed to find the spy. And then while you're working with your party, uh, Archer kills the spy from afar. And then you go, oh crap, and you go to go south and there's a barricade and you can't go through the barricades, you go, we have to go north. And then you go north, and you fight a very powerful boss, which kills all your party. And then Stock, essentially, just tries to think, well, I need to get this information back to our kingdom. And he climbs over the bridge and throws himself off. And in doing so, he would have killed himself. But these two mystical characters from the start of the game who were explaining to him, like, who said, like, the world's ended again, essentially tell him that he's the keeper of the White Chronicle, and in doing so, he has the ability at set points in destiny to change time. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, he says, well, what the hell? Like, why does this exist? It's too powerful for any one man, and he's very against the idea of it and he kind of thinks they're mocking him in death kind of thing there is some god playing with him and he said say to him no you've you've got the ability to change time you can go back and you can solve this if it wasn't meant to be if it wasn't set in stone you if it was your decision you have the ability to change time and so you go back and you replay this bit of the mission essentially but with stock knowing everything he knows and so he manages to pull the guy out of the way as the archer's about to shoot him because he knows that the archer's there. And then the archer gets freaked out and he's like, how did you see me? How did you see me? And you chase him off. And then you run to the barricade bit with the spy still intact. And then you get given a power, like a gauntlet kind of thing, to move these barriers. And everyone's like, how the hell are you moving the barriers? He's like, we've got to go this way. And there's no one guarding it. Whereas, obviously, the other way is just full of people waiting to ambush you. And so you go around and you go into the kingdom and you're the hero because you've done this. But after that, stock collapses because anything that happens to him is different from the world. Because he's the polder of the White Chronicle, there are two realities. There is the reality of the world, which he can change. But anything that happens to him happens to him because he's the fixed point. And so because he was nearly killed by this boss, he's very injured. And so he has to go to the medical bay and all this kind of stuff. But they impose on him this one rule that he's not allowed to talk about the White Chronicle. Mm -hmm. And they say, it's for your own good. Something bad happens to you if you talk to people about it. So you can't talk to people about it. And he's like, well, my boss, who's a guy called Reese, gave this to me. Like, he must know what it is. He must know why I have this book. And they say... Even so, even though he might, we can't say we're impartial. We're like, they are just the people that guide the person who holds the book. We can't tell you anything, but you're not allowed to tell anyone. So it's got this whole element of mystery. And I assume at some point something will happen to a main character and you won't be able to change it. And oh, 
just like I can see the what's happening yeah. in it, and like I've got to a point now where your best friend, who's a knight, comes to you, and it's just like that was an amazing job you did on that mission, kind of thing. I thought you were gonna, I thought you weren't gonna make it back. I want you to be a sergeant with me. I want you to help you to help me train these recruits. But your boss comes to you and it's just like, we've kept the military away from us for a while now. We can concentrate on our own missions. And you get the choice to go one way or another. Mm-hmm. And these things come to you and they say, look, like you need to understand both sides. You may need to do both of them, but this is the fixed point in history. This is the point you can return to if you decide you've done something you don't want to do that way. You will still keep the memory of it because you're the fixed point. So like any experience or items and stuff you get, I guess you'll keep. But you can reverse it by going back. And you see like you start getting premonitions and you see that you kill your best friend who's this knight. And you're like, why why would I do that? And then uh, so I've gone with him now to see what he is because maybe he's a traitor. Maybe he's the guy that tipped them off in the ambush. Or maybe it's your boss and it's just like you don't know it's so already there's so much intrigue in this idea that you can go one way and reset and go back and go forward as at your whim seems like a very very engaging gameplay it mechanic. sounds like you're very engaged in the story i i've played it for like an hour or so martin it's yeah it so sounds like it's really gripping about gripped you, yeah. story it's ace combat system is also very damned nice um well, it's just Batman, Etrian Odyssey team, Persona team, Shimagami Tensei team. They know their RPGs. Yeah. Feels a lot more... It doesn't sound run-of-the-mill it, either. It sounds like it's quite an intricate story, you know. Um... Atlas always do, man. Like, yeah. Atlas are very good storytellers, and that's why I respect them so much as a company. But like a heck of a lot more interesting than the beginning of Tales of Zillia yeah. to me. Well, you don't like being a medical student and going, oh, i got to go to the lab. Yeah, that, that's always pushing the boat, man. They, there's always something there that's not uncouth. And it's been compared to Chrono Trigger, like mm-hmm. the time travel element, but it's said that it's done better than Chrono Trigger. And I'm just like, Chrono Trigger is one of the best JRPGs of yeah. all time. How can, you, how can you even say this game's... Like, I'm an hour in and I'm more wanting to play this game again than wow. I have since Earthbound. Like, it's that same feeling as playing Earthbound. Okay, so this is the game that you're going to play on the plane to... This is the game I'm going to play on the plane. But I don't know, like, because I'm kind of unsure whether or not I should play it because there's so many moral choices and stuff. I don't want to cock it up and then end up spending, like, 200 hours. So I'm unsure. I think I should just throw myself into it. I think, I think yeah, you think it sound like it's... You're in there already. You should just go for it. Because I got yeah. Tales of the Abyss as well, which mm. after playing Tales of Zillia, I really want to play. And That's too many RPGs. Too many RPGs. Yeah, but this is why I'm not buying anything. I'm going to buy some stuff in Asia purely because I think I'm going to be able to pick up some cool stuff, like maybe a Rockman cartridge for Famicom, Mega Man mm. for you in the West, and maybe a Virtual Boy, maybe something really cool. Like they do, I talked about this in the last podcast, or did I, where they've, in Asia, because piracy is so rife in mm. China, Hong Kong tends to get a special edition of the game that is exclusive to Hong Kong. Mm. And so for the same price, we would pay for a regular retail item. Their special editions are no more than 
a regular item would cost you. So, like, the special edition is essentially the standard edition. Yeah, which sometimes happens. Yeah, yeah, but, like, these are special oh, editions. Okay. Very special. I'm We're not talking, like, the Killer is Dead fan edition. I'm talking the Tales of Zillia special edition was a figure that is £80 to buy on its yeah. own, a hardback art book, the complete soundtrack, a T-shirt, and a few other things. Yeah. And it's 40. It's like, yeah, it's Equivalent like 40, to 40 quid. pounds, yeah. I'm just like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to go there. And I may, like I said, I may buy a JRPG or two because it's probably going to come with the soundtrack. It's probably going to come with it's something. It's going to be in Japanese. I don't, so. I don't care. Like, yeah. if I get, you know, if I get a soundtrack and a figure... As a collector's piece for that price. Exactly, for the same price that I would pay for a game over you. And in all fairness, I would pay more for the figure of the Tales of Zillia. Like, I've seen the statue of Mila is, like, £90, yeah. but yeah. it comes in this 40 You just better make sure you've got some space in your suitcase. I've for... we've, we've, got, we've got means of getting them back. That's oh, all okay. I'll say. Got... Yeah, but no, I wouldn't. I, I'm mainly going for a Famicom. I would really, really like a, a Famicom, Famicom just as a display piece and also Famicom cartridges are really nice, so I hope to pick up a few of those. Okay, that's great. But yeah, I honestly, but it depends where I can find. Like, I've been trying to read up on retro gaming in Hong Kong and it's all Japanese stuff, which is great because for the most part, I know your interests of Japanese fighting games. Mm-hmm. I like JRPGs. I know the Armored Core series on the... PS1, oh sorry, Front Mission, not Armored Core, two games with mechs. Mm. Uh, the Front Mission games are pretty friendly towards Westerners because okay. all the menus are in English, so I could play those and not get yeah. the story, but get the gameplay. And or- you mentioned fighting games. Yeah. You mentioned to me JoJo's Bizarre Adventure the other day, and I discounted it because I didn't enjoy the, yeah. uh, uh, other the original game, the original one. Uh, this is a one-on-one Fire. Yeah. I discovered today. Yeah. And it does look quite interesting. It does. Yeah, and if I see a new release, isn't it? If I see a copy, I'll pick it up yeah. because a game store in the mall near where I'll be staying, mm. which uh, one of our colleagues, Chris, who's been there a lot, has told me uh, about this mall. And I happened to find this game store that was in there and they keep listing things. Like we have a special edition, like a Japanese special edition, which comes with a JoJo figure, comes with. Loads of cool stuff is like, I don't know, it's like 400 kroner, I think, it worked out as. Yeah. I'll show it to you when we get off the podcast. That, but that, like, that sounds good. Yeah. If they have it, though, this is the thing, like how fast do these things sell out over there? Yeah. Like how much of a collector's market is there? How much, of, like they have Western games. I've seen them post really cool limited editions of American games. So like, maybe well, they will have... It sounds like it, a treasure trove to me. Will we look forward well, like, to the uh, be, like I said, China I've, special? I've read up on these things, and like apparently retro stuff is hard to find. Like if you find it, it's cheap, mm. but it is just literally these stores get in what they get in. Mm. There's no, there are one or two specialist stores, but they charge an arm and a leg for everything. Mm. So, but that store I showed you, I showed yeah, Tom a picture of a store I found and it had like everything I've ever they wanted. They had the Panasonic GameCube. They had the yeah. uh, Panasonic Q GameCube. Yeah. They had uh, the Tales of Symphonia GameCube. GameCube, which is a very nice 
uh, turquoise oh, blue nice color, yeah. with, a, with a Game Boy player. Expensive though, I imagine. I would imagine so. <laughs> but I want a Virtual Boy. A Virtual Boy, but Famicom is the thing I think I okay. will be able well, to get. And I good hope luck. To. I hope you manage to find. Well, one. if I yeah, you know, I'll I'll see if I can tweet and stuff from there. But I I doubt I will because I'm in. You well, are. Hong Kong's not China, so yeah. Hong Kong's not got the censorship China has. But I will be in China, so I I don't know. I'd love to be sporadic tweeting if I find stuff. Oh, it's exciting. Yes. Yeah, on that note then, I guess we should call it a day. Yeah. Um, I wish you luck on your adventure. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you want to follow us on Facebook, it would be facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack. Follow us on Twitter. Like I said, you can see all these sighting things I'm going to find in Hong Kong, or if I do find anything, and if I can tweet at Twitter, which is at TMA Cast. And please, 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 if you don't already, like and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, you will hear this before anyone else because I probably won't post it straight away on our Twitter just to give mm. the old episode a gap. So you will be hearing this before anyone. Oh, give us wow. a shout and just be like, I heard this podcast first, smiley face, <laughs> exclamation, question mark. Who knows? Um, but until next time, which for me and Tom now will be a week and a half away, we'll have... Played Rome. a few games by we'll then, have played I a few games. Tom, bought a few things. Tom may have played another five minutes oh, of Killer is Dead. Yeah, I'll have a Vita by then. Oh, Tom will have a Vita by then. That'll be exciting. Can we do anything? Oh, my! we can get that sleep game. The game that's about oh, an alarm clock nice. and who hits their alarm clock faster. Yeah. And it'll be just as exciting because we're in rooms that are very close to each other. And then we could be like, yeah. haha, I beat you, sucker, there in we the are. morning. That'll be good. That's right, um, the... Yeah. yeah. Once I get it from the country, I accidentally... Yeah, well... <laughs> but I meant you to know. send it to Denmark, but it came. It went to the UK. Oh, yeah. joy. Actually, I could get some Vita games. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I can get PSO. Yeah, anyways, right, cool. Have a great... Uh, Have a good game in week, week and, and a bit. bit. <laughs> and we'll see you soon. Game yes, on. Game on.